After the pedestrian win against the Suns, all talk has been around the retirement of Brent Riley and Rory's six-week cheekbone. This week, we spend a minute reviewing the Gold Coast game, chat about news from around the AFL, and preview the Danger game against the Saints. Thanks, Radar, for all your service, mate. We wish you a full and speedy recovery. This is Crowcast. Uh, evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Crowcast. Um, once again, we have a full panel with us this evening, um, and we'll be talking about the pretty boring game against the Gold Coast last week. And obviously, Nikki will be along as the number one news-breaking journalist on Crowcast um, to give us all the rundown on all things Essendon and the other parts of the AFL. And more importantly, we'll be talking about um, the upcoming game against St Kilda this week. So joining me tonight is Danos. How are you going, Danos? Good evening, Phoenix. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, the pleasure's all ours, I can assure you. And we have Waffle. How you doing, mate? I'm great, Phoenix. I'm just still recovering from that boar fest on the weekend. The what, sorry? The boar fest. Oh, I, sorry, I thought you said something else. Um, it's and, his Victorian accent. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, we have the lovely Nikki New. How are you, Nikki? I'm very well, thank you. And your feet, they're well too? They are. They're, they're in socks at the moment in front of the heater. Could we possibly have some toe action this evening or are you going to keep them rugged up? I'll keep them rugged up. It's a bit chill here. Mm, yeah, you don't want shrinkage on your toes. That's, that's no good. And she's got the cats too. So we've got to watch for the ball drop. <laughs> All right. Uh, so without further ado and foot-in-mouth disease for many of us, um, we'll hand it over to Nikki for Nikki's News. I don't know how I can start this without laughing because I'm still going because you guys are rotters. That's all I'll say. Um, of course, the, the big news that started... Um, WADA has appealed the Essendon decision, but I'll leave that for a little bit, just go through another, um, some quick things, because one thing that really struck me and I thought we we would spend a bit of time talking about is Mark Bagley um, only received a $1,000 sanction for rough conduct against Michael Barlow. Now, his hit was probably about the same as to what happened on Rockcliffe last week, and yet we've got one player who's out for three weeks and another player who only gets a $1,000 sanction. I think Barlow, actually, I think there was high contact. It just, it was lucky that he wasn't concussed. It's, I just, ah, I thought they'd started to fix um, the MRP, but it seems not. We've still got an inconsistency issue going on right there. From the vision that I saw, it didn't even look like he got him high. There, yeah. was a li- there was a little bit of just on the chin. So it was just just a little bit of his shoulder. It went after the initial hit, it does go up a little bit and it just connected. Um, and I thought the Rockcliffe one, I thought that's in play. It's fair enough. That's everything that you're actually taught to do when you play football is to bump your opponent off the ball. I thought Nathan Buckley addressed it really well on Footy Classified on Monday night. He said that's how you teach players to play. And he's right. 
I mean, every day of the week, um, that was the right thing um, to do. And they seem to be judging on outcomes rather than the action itself. And it's not taking in, into account, you know, incidental, just plain bad luck, you know. I mean, it's ridiculous. You yeah. can't push them, push them in the side anymore, Phoenix. It's just ridiculous. What are you meant to do when it's a 50-50 ball? Just try away from it and let your opponent have the ball? You actually do see that a bit in games now. You see players like on both sides, they just both kind of pause for a little bit going, are you going to get it or am I going to get it? Who's, who's, you know, what's going to go on? Um, because they're a little bit scared of that head high contact that we're supposed to be doing. The other thing I was quite disappointed about was in the um, Carlton Brisbane game, which, oh my God, that was just atrocious to watch. How could you watch oh, that? It was, oh, it made our game look spectacular. I'll tell you that right now. Um, it, it, what, it, was, it was like watching a car crash. But, of course, there were two instances of players being pushed into the fences. And there's no free kicks given. I remember when it happened to Dangerfield against Melbourne. And on a slippery deck, when you're, you're doing something like that, it's actually quite dangerous. And I couldn't believe at the time the Dangerfield one that a free wasn't given. And the fact that these two that occurred on the weekend as well. And one of the players, he was actually concussed. And he got subbed out of the game because of the concussion that he suffered because he got pushed into the fence. Yeah, but look, it's just, it's, these things seem so simple, you know, common sense. And yet for some reason, umpires and officials just, uh, they just can't seem to get it right. It, it shouldn't be this difficult. Yeah, for me, there's, there's a duty of care there that you, basically the ball's going out of play. It's, you don't need to push them. And the fences are now closer to the grounds um, and to like to the edge of the line. You pay a free kick, they're not going to do it again. Well, we've already seen one bloke do his knee along Eddie Head's boundary, and it, yeah, he wasn't pushed, but it just shows no. that it is it is a dangerous little part of the ground. Um, but I mean, it's the same with the with the um, Rockcliffe one. I mean, the simple fact is he hit his head on the way down. Yes, he got some incidental contact, but. I would suggest looking at the footage I've looked at a couple of times and it looks like he hits the back of his head on the ground and that's when he knocks himself out. That's not that's not the that's not the Gold Coast player's fault. No, most definitely not. Um the other interesting one in light of that is the Monfreys one in the port game. Now, I know there's been a lot of discussion on the board that the Monfreys faked it and every um everything else. I actually thought that was one of the few times he didn't actually fake to go for the free. Um, I think it was he actually did hit his head on the ground and he hit it fairly decently. And the arm did involuntarily go straight up in what they call the fencing position, which is often a, a sign of there's been some trauma to the, to the brain quite quickly. And an interesting thing was when he got up, he looked quite groggy but he immediately handballed it away. He knew he couldn't take the kick. So why has there been no questioning of Port for not adequately assessing him in that instance? Because he did come back on um, and keep playing. It's either he faked it, which we know he does have form for doing, but I don't think he did in this instance. I think Port need some questions need to be asked of Port about their duty of care to their own player, that there could be some concussion issues that went on there. Well, like you said, Nicky, he, he, he has suffered a trauma. 
I think he suffered his brain trauma when he signed his contract with Port Adelaide. But, yeah, you have to question their uh, duty of care to their players. But, as you said, his reputation precedes him and maybe the uh, the club officials or the doctors thought Angus will be all right. He's, he's just playing for a free. Well, they did take him off. Um, so there possibly was some assessment going on, but I don't think it was long enough for what um, the AFL mandates the actual assessment is to take place, even, even that even that little short short one they do before they um, pull the concussion sub and, and do the longer test. So that was kind of interesting. But I have to say that that game, I worried when I first started watching it um, that Port were going to run away with it, and I kept seeing the score in the corner, and I go, okay, no, I'm going to, I'm going to flick back and watch this. It did mean that my mother got the best birth, um, Mother's Day present. Um, <laughs> she very much enjoyed that that Port got beaten, so I didn't have to do anything, but she was very happy. I think we all were. So, for in terms of the tribunal, um, pretty much there was just a whole lot of melees and everything else. I think that was. Stupid by Jake Stringer. Um, he started a bit of a fight, got in um, revolt, and the Saints fired up for the um, second half, which, yeah, was probably uh, not a smart decision to make. The other thing that was of interest came out of that game was, of course, um, the injury to um, Clay Smith with his knee. Um, so third one in three years, same knee. He had injured it. They did assess it. They told him that he has ruptured the graft. Um, and it was, and if he went back on, there was he wasn't going to do any further damage. Um, uh, but he decided to go back on, and of course, he did appear to injure it um, even more so. So there was a lot of questions raised about that. Somebody did point out though that Simon Tregenza and Brody Martin both did similar things in our games um, for us, and we did send them back out to continue playing. It's um, it has happened regularly. Well, not I mean, not regularly, but it has happened before. They've done the injury already. You can get them to play out the game if you require. And I think Brody was, um, when he did his, didn't they give him a, a Rising Star nomination or something for that game? A Rising Star nomination? Yeah, Brody. Gee. It was a long time ago, but I think he did. I think from memory yeah. it was against St Kilda. Yeah, I reckon it was too. Whatever happened to Brody Martin? He hurt his knee and he couldn't um, sprint as fast as he could. He's playing quite well in the SNFL, though. That's the main thing. He's finding some form, but is he in Phil Walsh's plans is a question. I wouldn't have thought so. I he's think, a, he's such a, good, a depth. good player. You, you can put him in and you know he's going to give 110%. You know exactly what you're going to get from him. You can play him down back. You can play him in the middle and you can play him forward. So he is actually a really good depth player. Which he just is, hasn't got the got the the legs anymore. Uh, no, the pace. which is he's a such pity. a good player. It's a pity for him because he could have he could have um, carved out a bit of a an AFL career if he hadn't got that knee. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, I find that that quite devastating. But I'm I'm somebody who's admired the fact that he knows that he hasn't got that, so he's working within his limitations and he gets the most out of himself. And that's all you can ask from for anybody really. Now. The big talking point was probably going to be um, what's happening down at Carlton and the fact that they lost to Brisbane. But WADA decided to be a big troll 
and really annoy Essendon, who I think needs to get some new lawyers because, as Paul Little said this morning, it completely um, shocked him that WADA repealed. Um, any lawyers worth their salt at the end of something, even if they don't think it's going to happen, they tend to advise their client that there's a possibility of this occurring. The fact oh, that think... nobody at Essendon just went, oh, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. We've, we've won. We're innocent. No, I, I think that was little. I mean, you can't expect little to say, oh, yeah, we expected WADA to do it because that's kind of implying that it was a dodgy outcome. I think Little had to come out and say, oh, gee, that's a surprise because, you know, we obviously, you know, we're in the clear sort of thing. So, uh, Oh, he's made some dodgy statements. Oh, yeah, it would surprise the hell out of me if they haven't prepared for this. Yeah, and I I do find it funny, though, because he did the same thing again of, oh, they didn't notify us beforehand. Well, they don't have to. There's absolutely no reasoning for them to tell the club. It's nothing to do with the club. It's to do with the players. They're the ones who have been charged and did i see somewhere that sorry that was my phone did i see somewhere that um they've actually named the 34 it did go up on the cas website and i wasn't around to to see it um they have been removed um the interesting thing is that some most of the other times where things have been appealed and gone to cas the names are known um the names were kind of known um a lot of the media have revealed most of them already. So the fact that they're now jumping up and down and going, oh, they shouldn't have done that, was, well, you guys actually did it first. Um, I think they were notified by WADA, but um, most of these players, it, it still they hadn't been known. So it's now come down since. Well, the funny thing is that Richard Engs complained that um, Cass released the names and then on his tweet, Included the link to where they exposed <laughs> the names, the bloody dickhead. Yeah, he likes um, getting his name out and about. Um, he's a shit stirrer. Oh, well and truly. He's, um, there's still some angst because he got sacked. No doubt. Oh, yeah, well and truly. So the upshot of this is WADA have appealed. Uh, we don't know where it's going to be held. Um, Cass does have offices in Sydney. So it could be heard here in Australia. Um, Courtrooms. Um, the interesting thing is that three judges are appointed. Now, one is appointed by Cass. One is appointed by the players who have been charged. And one is appointed by WADA. That's a bit of a slap in the face of the judiciary, isn't it? Like, you know, judges are supposed to be impartial. Well, no, because this gives the, the people who are bringing... Um, the appeal, so WADA, they get to pick a judge. The players who, so they're, who, um, the defendants, they get to pick a judge. So there's one each and then yeah, but why Cass should is doing they, their job. Why should they pick? I mean, judges are supposed to be impartial, so well, they, it's not like picking a jury where you try to load it up. Which is often what they try and do. Um, it, that's just what Cass has done because it's an, arb, uh, an arbitrator. Um, this is a little bit different from their normal arbitration because this is actually rehearing. So they're going to rehear it from the start again, all the evidence. There's, Including any new evidence, yes, apparently. they can bring in any new evidence that since been discovered or wasn't um, used last time. There's been some discussion about whether they're going to be able to compel Charter, Alavi and Dank. Now, 
it's likely to be um, held under Australian law. They can actually agree to hold it under Swiss law, but everybody has to agree to it. And I'd say it's mostly going to be held under the same Australian law. There were some loopholes that ASADA didn't push through when they tried to compel some um, charter and Alavi, et cetera, um, to appear before the AFL tribunal. So there's there's some discussion that there's some openings there that they could actually um, get them to speak, which could be very interesting because Charter has now been found guilty of trafficking steroids. Um, he's still trying to say they were for his own use, but um, he did apparently try and sell them to an undercover police officer, but they're still for his own use. Um, so there's, yeah, there's some interesting things going on there. We don't quite know what timeline as to what's going on here yet. I think submissions have to happen first and then we'll find out a little bit more um, later on down the track. So this could still be going on for a while still. Hasn't Dan got a defamation case coming up soon? Um, he has a number of them. He likes to sue people a lot. Um, there's a series that he tried to do in New South Wales against media outlets. Most of his reasoning was thrown out by the judge. Um, the couple of things that was upheld, he was told to actually get his paperwork in order because it was a shambles and they would consider it. Um, that's that seems to be a modus operandi from him is that he just threatens to sue everybody and but he then um, defends himself and it's a bit interesting. And Ooh, what a surprise that his paperwork was in a shambles. <laughs> yeah, funny, yeah, funny about that one. Um, I did watch a little bit of 360 tonight um, before I had to turn it off because I really wanted to punch the television um, because of James Heard. But somebody needs to explain to him they were not found innocent. That's not what happened. It, I did actually like that Jared Waitley actually did pull him up on that a little bit, um, which is the first time I think that's happened for a long time. So we've got another three years of this, haven't we? Oh, what? No, it won't be that long. Um, it'll it just depends on how long their court case is going to take um, that the hearing. So, yeah. Well, it depends very much on whether they decide to re-interview the 34, which they're well within their rights to do, given that it's basically a new hearing. They could go through the whole process again. Um, yes, they can. Which could take it into next season. I just like the fact that it's been taken out of the AFL. They can't do their little deals. Um, I was disappointed in what the AFLPA said. Um, today, and I was also disappointed in Gillan McLaughlin, but I've been disappointed in him for quite a while um, with what he's been saying regarding this matter. Even before the results came out, he was kind of letting some stuff slip and he had really should have shut his mouth. Well, he was Demetrio's little attack dog in this whole thing, and I think him now being head of the AFL, it's placed him in an interesting position in terms of the AFL's own compliance to standards and whatnot. Um, so he, there might, I mean, you'd love to just be a fly on the wall with some of these conversations, I think. I think the interesting thing is Adrian Anderson. How quickly did he, when this wall was starting to break, he got out of there so fast. Yeah. The book will be fantastic when it eventually comes out. <laughs> if it actually has all the information in it or it'll be reading between the lines, I think. 
Oh, and in the last little bit of news, SNFL news, Hardigan decided to hit somebody and he's out for a week. That's the most hardness he's shown all season. I'm surprised he hit a target. Or more like that. Yeah, I'll just let you guys run with that. He's probably aiming for someone else. I wasn't at the game, so didn't see it, can't tell. But uh, um, one of our top-up players was also charged for striking. That could have been his defence, you know. He could have gone to the tribunal and gone, look look at my disposal efficiency record. Do you think I actually meant to hit him? (laughs) I'm trying to blame our rookie listed player, Anthony Wilson, and uh, the Norwood Football Club put on Twitter, Rabs would never do that. That's Anthony Wilson's nickname, obviously. And, of course, Anthony... Hasn't been on Twitter since late 2014, and he favourited that straight away. <laughs> so he's just lurking. He's a social media lurker. That's Rabs for you. So what about Rory? Uh, Nicky, what's the dirt there? He's got six weeks out, is that right? Well, he apparently has six weeks out. Um, he did post up a quite amusing, as is his want, a uh, little picture of um, him preparing to go in with the, um, the little hat that they put on your hair, he managed to put it over his whole face. Um, I did like what Dangerfield said on AA, which was um, Rory told him, I'm only going to be out, I'll be out a week and I'll be back with the Batman mask. So a certain poster on the Adelaide board who did tweet the picture of Batman at Rory and who Rory favoured and Belinda seemed to quite enjoy it as well. The Batman mask seems to be getting a little bit of traction. I think Rory's got time to sign a new contract now, hasn't he? When he's high on um, painkillers after the operation? Why not? I think that makes a contract null and void if that occurs. Does it have an expiry date? (laughs) We talk about expiry dates again, are we? Oh, my dear. No, it'll be interesting to see what what happens there. I, I think there's some other little ducks in a row that are that are being lined up um the other interesting thing is regarding uh, of course Aish and his contract in it and Robbo reported that Carlton had a meeting with Pickering and Aish and of course a lot Jeez. of people have denied that didn't Pickering arc up did you hear his little audio grab on classified last night no I haven't heard that he um, was on, I think it was 3AW in Victoria, and he was cutting sick at um, Mark Robinson. Absolutely nailed him. I don't know whether anyone else on here heard that, but nailed him. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I actually really like Pickering. Um, I liked him when he was doing comments. Um, I actually do miss um, his comments because he, he did have some very good, um, good ones, but I think as a player manager, he is one of the best ones around and, and – if you were a player, you would want to um, – you, you'd probably want to be in his little stable of, um, of talent that he has. The interesting thing is that the supposed number one – what most people are touting who's going to be the number one draft pick to the end of this year signed last week with um, Pickering. I actually wonder whether that meeting that occurred with Carlton was to do with his new talent – a possible number one draft pick because Carlton seems to be heading in that direction. Will uh, Malthouse be, co- be coaching Carlton next year is the question. 
No, I don't even think it's a question. No. Oh, there's not a way in the world that he'll be coaching. I don't think he'll be coaching past the bye, to be honest. And I don't think it's all his fault. I think there's some severe questions that need to be asked regarding their, their list management and selection because you look at that list, it's just – I mean, Cas – It's a shambles. Oh, you think we, our disposal is bad? We don't have Casbolt or Liam Jones. At least Casbolt can take a grab and he kicked four two on the weekend. But yeah, he has actually he's has actually straightened up his kicking. He was a lot better, but previous to that he was shocking. I mean Gibbs and Murphy, what do they get a combined four posies in the last quarter when the Lions overran them? Yeah, well and truly. I, I have man, not man. been impressed with Gibbs this year at all. He's just cruising along and he, he didn't want to be there. No, he needs to pull his finger out and actually play football. No, he I'm sure it's got a lot to do with the man bun. Yeah, the man bun. What the hell's going on with that? He needs to grow his hair longer. I'm, I'm sorry. If you're going to do a ponytail, do it properly, not a little half-ass thing. So would you take him in Adelaide at the moment? No. no. Oh, I would, in a heartbeat. So would that I... man bun? Uh, I don't care what his hair looks like. He, He's not interested at Carlton, but it doesn't mean that he hasn't still got the same talent he had before. I reckon Uncle Ross has been in his ear, Phoenix. Oh, cool. I mean, look, it, and it works very well for us because his his stocks have, have diminished yeah, in terms of value. But imagine Bryce and, and um, Brody running off half-back, you know, cutting through the middle now and again. I mean, that's not a bad half-back line. Can I correct you on that? Brody's on the wing. Brody doesn't play in half-back. He doesn't run off of oh, half-back. I don't care. Stop saying he's a half-back. I just couldn't think of who actually is playing halfback, so I said Brody. <laughs> That'd be Lady Brown Lever. Yenchi. Where's Yenchi these days? Yeah, probably Yench actually. Laird and Brown sort of play in the pockets. So is this leading into our little discussion of last week's game? Can we skip that? Because I'll probably fall asleep. Well, because in light of that, the, the very start of the game, um, there was an awful lot of run coming out of defence and it was Laird and it was Brown. Brown was really attacking. And then I think Ede put the little shutters on that to an extent. He stopped Brown from the running, but he most definitely didn't stop Laird, who got his 29 possessions. Well, it's the you first time Brownie hasn't had that hard tag a, a small forward for a while, I would have thought. No. What if- I'm trying, I'm trying to think who their small forwards are. They were all at the pub, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cook and Miller, they, whatever his name is. They've now only got um, – Gold Coast only have 20 players to select from. They've got three more injuries. They're getting their ring-ins from Pacific Fair Shopping Centre where they hand out all the uh, stuff to go to Movie World for cheaper and all that sort of gear. See, I actually wasn't as annoyed about that game as a lot of other people. Um, I thought there was there were some really nice little signs that were going. Tex was hitting the ball a little bit better and a lot cleaner. I think there's something up with his wrist um, because I noticed a couple of weeks ago he landed on it and he was shaking it quite a bit and there was an instance at one stage of the game on Saturday where you know he was shaking, I think, that same wrist again. So I... I think that he's got a little bit of an issue there. 
He actually started the game really badly. He dropped about that he should have taken at any other time and then suddenly started catching. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've always wondered whether it was just that, that little bit of confidence thing or whether he was putting too much pressure on himself because he's the captain, I've got to do, I've got to make sure I get this. Whereas if he just relaxes and plays his natural game a little bit better, that will come back. And I, I think that's what happened. I get that same feeling that he um, pressure on himself. The main thing that excited me about the game was our first game of Jake Lee. He he excited me. He uh, even made me bring out the jar of Nutella and gorge it by half time. Well, it's not bad in the first quarter. You're the leading possession getter for for your team, but that's not too foul. Gorging the Nutella or Lever? Lever. The Nutella, the Nutella is nice. would have been more exciting. Yes, it was, Phoenix. Yeah, the, I, I quite enjoyed the two Jakes playing in the back line. I, I just can't get excited about a game that we should have dominated and really, I mean, they fought well, Gold Coast. but They do, and they do have some talent. We, we do know that they've got some talent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it would have been nicer to, to win by more, but we actually saw some um, things click into place, and it was interesting watching Crouch, um, Grig and Lyons, you know, getting the opportunity and seeing what they were doing or what they can bring. I was pretty disappointed with Lyons and Grig. Lyons in particular. I, I think he's pretty much, he's not up to it. He was good in the first half and he really faded in the second so the first half, he did. Lions did some really nice stuff, particularly um, getting the ball out of the midfield. Um, Grig, we saw some of that disposal. I think he got better as the game went on. So he kind of did the opposite of Lions. The, there's there's one passage of play I really liked though, which was uh, resulted in one of Eddie's goals. And we had a loose ball, which Cameron at speed with one hand scoop up knowing that Grig is behind him, player in between, but he managed to flick the handball to Grig, which Grig then passed on to Eddie to run into and snap one of his goals. Just There was some really great stuff from Cameron at the game. There was some, some great little pressure acts that he was doing. I was really pleased to see. I was quite impressed with um, Tom Lynch's uh, disposal by foot. He was hitting targets pretty well. Pretty well. Is he our flat track bully? I think so. Ten goals. It was interesting to see how our, our forward line was actually a bit more efficient without um, like that big log sort of taking up space in there. What was his name again? I can't remember. <laughs> It'll come back to you at some stage. I'll be more interested to see if we end up with a... Uh, op- with a... Power Ranger. O'Brien or Loudon? I think Loudon, he's only had the two games in the SNFL. He's had the very long period off. So I think he'll be a little bit further away. I think he needs another couple of games in the SNFL um, just to see where he's at as to whether he's ready. O'Brien's the interesting one for me. Um, I think there's a strong possibility of him coming in this week um, just to, to help source out. Because Lynch was absolutely stuffed after um, having to to do the rucking around the ground or doing 
doing the rucking around the ground. It was like a deer in the headlights every time he went into the ruck. He actually got a tap, though. Even Text did it right in the ruck, actually. Yeah, he he was quite good. I quite um I actually liked that Lynch was um his body work. That he was basically grappling them so they couldn't do the jump on him. And then we'd do the little third man up. I think Paddy had a, a really nice tap at one stage doing the third the third man up. It is a major problem though. Um I'd love to see Loudon in. I hope he can get fit and play a few games. Um because he he's the one, I think, for, well, for mine anyway. I know Riley O'Brien has got loads of potential, but I think if Loudon can get himself fit, having a 200-plus centimetre guy out forward who can clunk a mark and kick a goal, just it, it helps off our forward line, I think, much better than JJ. We really need a pack breaker. Yeah, definitely. And as much as I hate to say it, that's what Pods was last year. Um, he was that one who was crushing that pack, and we kind of need another one of those down in that forward mix. So it makes it very hard to defend against our forward line when you've got such a different mix of all those different types of players that bring something different for each of them. I don't hate that. I miss him. But the other good thing is Eddie second in the Coleman. When was the last time we had two in the top, what, half a dozen? Oh, Texas, like, equal, is he equal fourth or fifth? Fourth. Yeah. So he's only two behind Eddie, and Eddie's only, what is it, two behind um, Kennedy. Yeah, when was the last time Adelaide Football Club had one, let alone two up there? Probably mid-90s. 2012, I reckon. Tex was up there one year for for a bit. Yeah. He kicked 60-something, I think. Yeah, that's right. The year before he did his knee, he did about six. He kicked about sixty, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And Eddie, exactly. Eddie kicked fifty odd last year, but having two, I mean, who would have thought? And they're both kind of what is it, four and five? That's quite nice. He was he was dispensable by Carton. I can't believe they just let him go. Well, they didn't think he was worth money that we were willing to pay, and North Melbourne were willing to pay. And they also had Garlett and Yaron, who were. Um, Showing good signs. Yeah, now Garlett's gone and Yaron didn't play. Yeah. I think that and says Yaron's a lot about... Would... It says a lot about um, Carlton's list management. I mean, Blind Freddy could see that Eddie struggled in that last year at Carlton. He got injured. He, like... It just wasn't his year. But, Jesus, he was a good player for them for a long period of time. Yeah, you you knew what he could bring. And the fact that... He he was that top figure to Garlet and Yaron. They they're the ones who do look up to him because a lot of the the indigenous boys need that kind of elder in a way, and that's what I like that Eddie's taken that role on um, with us with Charlie, um, and also with Curly a little bit as well. So to to actually remove that influence, um, I think that's been detriment to Yaron. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The, I mean, we've talked about it, but Carlton, I, I, I can't even work out what their list management strategy is. I really can't. I think that's why they got Silvani back from GWS. Oh, no doubt. Uh, pin the tail on the don- donkey uh, list management. 
Yeah, anybody who's um, picked up Bootsma. Would you take Murphy? <sighs> he's so injury prone. That That's my issue with him. And at times he's a little soft. But other times he's not. It's, he He's annoying to me as a player. Classy. Yes, he can be very classy, but he can also go missing. I think he's one of those guys who would be very good at Hawthorne. Yeah, Hawthorne might be able to, to get that that little structure that they've got to, to work around. I, I think you'd, you'd have to have a look at what you've got and um, to, you know, to make sure that he fits within there and he's got a specific role that's going to make him play to the best of um, what he brings. And he does bring some very good things, but I think there's a, too much loyalty he has to Carlton. Wouldn't mind seeing him playing an outside role with us. That could be nice, but I'd, I'd say it's highly unlikely. He's not an inside player, in my opinion. No. I'd take Tom Bell in a heartbeat. I love Tom Bell. Yeah, that's, that's a, that could be an interesting one. He's not Victorian, so that's probably one thing on his side. Uh, he's a banana bender, so he, there's no chance of him getting homesick by enjoying a nice cold Adelaide winter. Well, it's got to be the same as uh, Melbourne winter. That's bloody terrible. So anything else on the Gold Coast um, yawn fest? We got the four points. Um, they said they went up there for the win. They got the win. There was, some, I think, some good little moments, some other things we kind of need to work on. And we unleashed the first gamer. That we did, who was a very happy boy at the end of the game. I actually found it really hard to pick my best players. Eddie. Laird. And Laird. I didn't really have any stand. Jake Kelly. Yeah, he did, he did well. Yanchi was actually quite good too. We had a whole lot of guys who did okay and did. I think while she tried a bit of stuff too, I, you know, he obviously kept a lot of our number one midfield players out of the out of the midfield for large portions of the game. So, you know, it probably worked well for them to try a few different things. Um, but for mine, it wasn't overly convincing. What was this big announcement that Rowie had on Five Double A? Oh, they were giving away a car. If oh you, my goodness! If you call up, they can give away a car. Hey, he did his job. He got everybody talking about it. Oh, me and Rowie go a long way back at Norwood Oval. I remember seeing some highlights of him with his mullet. Hmm. That's my my thoughts on Rowie. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up our review of the Gold Coast um, win. Um, so we'll move forward and talk about the week coming up. I don't, uh, this this one's confusing me as to how it's going to pan out because I've really enjoyed watching St Kilda. So I'm actually looking forward to watching them play live. But we kind of have to be on our game, I reckon. Will Josh Bruce be the uh, decoy for Rewalt? 
Well, with Rewald up forward, they kicked two goals for an entire half, put him on the wing, and they kicked 12. You watch Richardson play Rewald like... Um, Richardson. Uh, uh, no, Maybe like... Who, uh, like Blickavs did for Geelong on the weekend. Yeah, see, I, I worried about him and Montagna coming back in as to whether that was going to upset the St Kilda forward line because they'd actually been their forward line had been performing quite well. And you put him back in there in Montagna, there's just so much respect from those young guys towards these ones that they're going to instinctively try to pass to them all the time. And I think that's what happened. So once they put him on the wing, he didn't go in the forward line. They just kept kicking it long and hoping like hell things were going to stick and work. And I think that actually worked to their advantage. Is that the Scott Thompson syndrome? Could be. I think it's a danger game for us. Uh, well and truly, after a soft win and some pretty up and down form, and they'll be on a bit of a high with pretty much a full complement to select from. Don't know. I think I think it's going to be a test. And David Armitage needs to be paid respect because he's not being noticed by most of the comp, or no one's paying him enough respect and concentrating on their other midfielders. So who do you think of our midfielders would match up well on him? Um, Carriage, probably. Yeah, Carriage. Yeah, I reckon Carriage is going to come back in this week, definitely for Sloan. Oh, well, there's no one else. I mean, he's the standout. His form in the twos has been pretty good. And I wouldn't be surprised if Lyons gets dropped and Rob might actually come in for his game, for his first game. Just don't kick it. I just, I feel like Lyons and Grigg and Crouch need to get their feet a bit like Curly. Crouch did pretty well um, when he came on. Um, he deserves a full game this week. Yeah. I, I think he does. I, I think Greg might have done enough, um, but I think he might find himself in the sub vest. I know a lot of people think that it could be VB or Wright, but I think they've just got a hate boner on them for them. Wright's doing exactly what the Sorry, coaches what? want. A hate boner. Right. <laughs> have you heard of that before? No, but I was just thinking about my comment about your cats earlier. But anyway, <laughs> keep going. Um. Basically, they, they just love to hate them. <laughs> that's, that's, it's internet speak for, you know, somebody you just love to, to hang crap upon. Um, I think Wright's... So, how's it pronounced again? It's a hate boner. Right, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like that for the end of the year. Um, so I've, I've got a hate boner for you. Oh, don't you love me anymore? I've got a hate boner for... A few people. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're going to have fun with this bit. Um, no, I I think uh, Greg might Greg might find himself in the best, and I reckon um, Crouchy might get a full game. You do realise, Waffle, that I can delete the word hate out of that. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, dear. He is very evil. I am evil. Yeah, I think Greg will probably has probably done enough. I, you know, 
Crouchy does need to stay in. It becomes a matter of balance eventually when Rory becomes available. But there's six weeks now for someone to cement a spot in that role. Um, so who knows? See, my uh, issue with um, Crouchy was that his defensive running was very lacking in the SANFL. Yes, he was getting those huge racks of numbers and everything else, but a lot of the goals that the opposition was scoring were because he wasn't chasing his man, uh, whereas Lyons and Grigg were actually doing that in the SANFL. Scott Thompson syndrome as well? No, Tomo was actually quite good um, in the SANFL uh, when he played his, his single game, which was hilarious. And I did notice when he came in against Melbourne, he his defensive running was, was there exactly how we needed it to be, and he was doing it. Um, Greg got exposed, I think, maybe once or twice on the weekend with his the, that he doesn't have that extra little bit of sprint, but I thought um, defensively he wasn't bad. But Griggs ball drop is elite, Nicky. He has a very nice kick on him. Very diplomatic, Nicky. I'm good at that. Sometimes. I'm just recording. Yes, I know you are. I'm also recording too, so if you want to edit it in any way, I will have the original version. And once it's out there, it's out there, Nick. You can't do anything about it. Yeah, I know. Once it's on the internet, it never goes away. So do you guys think that O'Brien might get um, a spot this week? I think he'll be selected, but where do we play him when he's not resting in the ruck? Oh, sorry, playing in the ruck. I mean, you could throw him forward, um, and so he could be. And he does take a he does take a very nice pack mark, by the way. Um, Perhaps just, with the directive of bringing the ball to ground as much often as. Yeah, and you know, to for Charlie and the others to feed off of. Yeah, I don't think you can shield a guy just because he's having trouble kicking. I mean, this is the AFL for Christ's sakes, and he's know, got to get over he's, it. He's got to be able to kick. It's simple, like he can have every other attribute under the sun. It's just like a midfielder with silky skills that has that lacks pace, like Jared Lyons, for example. Eventually, he's going to be found out. So he either performs under the pressure or. or it's unfortunate, but he doesn't make the grade. I think he's think I think swim. he's worked into it in the SNFL. I mean, that, that first week back, you could just tell he just did not want to kick it because I think he was still a little bit traumatised by what happened over at Port Lincoln. But then after that, his field kicking is actually quite good and quite neat. So he can actually kick the ball and he can kick it fine. I think it's just there was the pressure that was being put on him by himself got to him. So and that's something he has to work through, and he and the only way you can do it is by dealing with that, by having that pressure and being able to move past it. And even Levi Casbolt was able to kick five five goals one on. Yeah, but he's got to play a role, he's got to play a position, and he's got to be able to fulfil the task of that position. I'd like to see him play in Jenkins' role if if he does get a run, which I think he will this week, um, and to see how he goes. Now, their forward line's quite nice with the couple of jacks and, of course, um, Hickey, who often goes down there as well with Bruce. Who do you – how do you think we're going to structure up against them? I think Tali will go to Rewalt. And does Jake Lever go to Bruce or – I actually think the other way around. I reckon they might run Lever with Rewalt. 
It could do, and but if Revolt goes up and plays on the wing, uh, who do we move won't, up to won't the wing? Won't be a bad thing. No, Tom I think Lynch. that's why. Tom Lynch, I think. Or do we move Kelly to run with him? Because Kelly's got a Kelly's a very good endurance runner. We just don't want to have Tails out of the back back half, um, and Revolt is notorious for running around like an idiot. And I just think uh, they they're going to use one of our halfback, whether 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 it's Kelly, whether it's Jake Lever, um, or whether they like you said, Danos, they push up Tom Lynch when Revolt's playing high. Who knows? But they, I don't think they'll run with Talia. Yeah, because I reckon Talia will possibly be. He could be on Bruce because he, he's their main forward target. It would make more sense. Someone's going to need to um, play on the resting Ruckman as well. Yeah, Hickey's quite nice. Um, he's been doing some nice things down there. He's got some very good leading patterns and a good set of hands. So whether is that going to be Cheney or do you put Cheney on the slightly shorter um, Bruce and Talia are on the resting Ruckman. Has Rob played any defence? He played it um, a lot for the, the Cannons last year, but that was asked of Noble, and Noble pretty much knocked it on its head, and he said, but whilst he has done that, we know he can. Why we drafted him was we see him as a, as, as a Ruckman, and we're very keen about his, his Ruck abilities. Um, SNFL, he's just Rucked purely and simply, and he's done a little bit up forward. Might just be out of necessity, though, Nick, this week. It, yeah, it could be. Um, if Gold Coast had half a team, we would have been stretched up forward. I mean, the the two tall timbers for them kicked, what, four, three out of seven entries or something like that in the in the first half or whatever it was. And Lever kept his um, to only one goal. Yeah, so, I mean... I don't know. Maybe Rob does sit at centre half back. Now, Jack Loney and Jack Billings and what is it? The three Jacks they've got. So, who do you reckon that Brown Lynch and Yench Lynch Yench? That's his name. Um, well, I reckon Laddie's going to be like the loose man, like he did last week, playing the Cheney chop out role. If we have to use Cheney on as manning up on somebody. Brown to Billings? Yeah, it could be. Billings is almost a midfielder, though, isn't he? He's sort of... It's a bit like um, Stringer, isn't he, for Bulldogs? Just, Luke Brown... Yeah. Just a lot did play, uh, Yeah, Luke Brown did play a midfield role when he was at Norwood, so he could probably match Billings in speed. Yeah, but Brown's actually quite quick. I think we'll rely on team defence and midfield dominance again this week, which is essentially what we've been doing the last couple of weeks anyway uh, with Hardigan out. I think that's been pretty much a statement from Walsh that we're just going to go in short and make the best of it. And in a way, I, I kind of see that as um, he's sort of giving that back to the players, the onus is on them, but it's also that he's showing them trust that he trusts that they can do that, knowing that, okay, yep, we might be a bit undersized, but we can do this. Well, it works for Hawthorne more often than not. 
Yeah, and if you've got players that, that trust in themselves but also trust in their teammates, then hopefully that what we saw in the first two weeks can start to come back. I wonder if there's a bit of a trend in in the AFL where key position players, because they're so hard to find anyway, are going to become less sought after um, as coaches you know, start to use space clogging tactics and zoning tactics and all that sort of stuff, whether, whether, you know, teams will be able to just go in with one tall defender and, you know, rely on team defence. There's a huge number of teams now who have got that 200 key forward. And there's not that many 200 centimetre key defenders. No, absolutely. So teams have to come up with some sort of way to give them a chop out. Well, I think that's obviously why Frawley was so sought after, you know, that that taller um, defender but who's also got the ability to leave his man to um, become that third up, to get in the way, um, to do that punch. That's why Gibson's so prized at Hawthorne. 190, Hunt to 190 and um, a big leap on him, which I think is what Lever is going to become in because he reads the play so well. Oh, yeah, he does. Um, just the, that ability, that step up from the SNFL to the AFL is a big thing. And he, you could just see him just hit the ground running immediately. Yeah, you can't teach that. It's uh, ingrained in you when you start playing footy, I'd say. And I love that there was a moment you could actually see him pulling the others where they should be standing. He's a, a future leader of the club, that's for sure. So how do we how do we see this going in the end, guys? Do we? By the sounds of it, we're not quite fully confident, are we? I'm not. I think it's a real danger game. We can get over the line, but it won't be convincing. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you guys. This is one of like we should win, we could win, we may not win. It's one of those. It, it is one of those games that we should win. Yeah, but Saints, uh, but Saints have been playing well. Yeah, and you know our team is quite young at the moment too. So whilst we probably have better talent overall, in terms of the profile of the team that we're going to be putting on the park, it's not that dissimilar to St Kilda, really. No, I, yeah, I, I think we we. We're all kind of hedging the bet that this is going to be a fairly even game. And when they, when you put in Montana and they actually have probably more experience overall. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because Tomo's the one that really jumps ours up. The only one. Just back to the news, Nikki. One thing that I noticed last week in the uh, Geelong-Collingwood game is uh, Mitch Clark uh, not singing the club song, actually being escorted down the race by Scotty there. It was a bit of a eye-opener. Yeah, and there was a really awful um, article written by Greg Baum who was trying to pinpoint, you know, what went wrong or anything like that. It's depression. When somebody's suffering depression, you've got no idea what the triggers are going to be and how it happens. I thought from what... I saw of it happening um, that Scott reacted to it really well. 
Um, obviously, they've had a lot of discussions regarding it and working through it with Mitch. Um, I didn't like some of the media stuff that went on around it. Um, it's, yeah, so, something like depression, which um, I do have a little bit of understanding of because it has touched my family. Um, just things that will set you off and sometimes you can logically, the outside of us, those who are outside can can see and, and have a look and go, well, why are they doing that? That's just, no, just get over it and everything else. But you can't when you're there. Um, I, I thought it was handled very well by Geelong. I think it was handled a little bit poorly by some of the media. Exactly. Depression, having experienced in, in my family as well, it's just not something you shrug off like someone shrugging off a cold. It's a lifelong problem. It's just not something that happens overnight. Yeah, and I think it... it it could have actually um, the media could have used it as a very good talking point of, around depression. That here's something that happened. It was successful. He, he they won the game. He was really um, involved in part of that win. But yet he couldn't feel happy about it. Something just could have snapped with him and set him, you know, just down that little depression path again. But what was really good was he realised that. And had that little chat with um, Chris Scott. Um, oh, and that's the other thing. Speaking of the Scott brothers, Brad's in a bit of trouble with um, a certain security guard down in Tasmania that's being investigated. Oh, that's just a beat up. The guy was sitting in the in the aisle when Scotty was trying to get down to get to the boundary before the 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 siren went for the break. And he's just bloody basically brushed him with his leg on the way past. I mean, if the poor old security guard is up in arms about that, perhaps he's in the wrong profession. Yeah. Bit precious. Mm. And how fucking precious is that? Pardon my French. Oh, it's very precious. Anyway, I reckon um, the consensus then is for the upcoming game is that it's a danger game. We're going to have to play well. And um, none of us are really too confident. Fair, fair summary. Yeah, I'm. I'm still looking forward to it, but it's kind of tinged with a. What are we going to get? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually really excited to watch this game. Much more excited for the Gold Coast game. I don't think it'll be a case of paint drying. It'll be. A, should be a very exciting game to watch. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it'll be um, a good, a good uh, spectacle this week. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tip the Crows by 15 points. I'm going the Saints by nine. I'll go Crows by the AFL average of 19. I'll go the Crows by 21. All right. Well, that uh, wraps up our preview of um, the game on the weekend. Win this and we go 5-2 and probably top four, I'd imagine. I haven't looked at the draw, but um, a good chance for us to um, remain at the top half or the top, you know, four of the of the table which will uh, be handy if we can stay up there up until the break and it'd be nice if eddie finishes the end of this weekend on top of the coleman ladder yeah well that too eddie or tex yeah either or how about both together <laughs> that'd be nice five, phoenix. five from eddie and seven from yeah. tex phoenix just said what i was going to say what's that well, just before that'd be nice Yes. 
So just before we wind it up for tonight, guys, we should probably just put a shout out to the board um, looking for volunteers for Board Talk, which has dropped off over the last few weeks. Oh, they do, They think we're going to be mean to them. I don't know, but they've really pussied it up now, haven't they? Maybe we're chasing Sorry. too hard. We need to have a man conversation with a few of them. Or we get Crow Eater on and have a girl conversation. So of the four of us, um, if each could have a pick as to who they'd like to see volunteer uh, for a crack at board talk, who would each of us have? Well, I know Kane has expressed his um, interest, um, so him following through on that would be good. I'll go with Kane. I reckon someone like JP Source would be good. Oh, I want Sanders. Oh, okay. Or Slippery Pete, just for some dating tips. Yeah, that would be excellent. Oh, you mean how not to? I don't know. He's been a bit scarce lately. I reckon he's actually pulled one for a change. Which one? Lefty, I think. So anyway, Adelaide footy, big footy board members, get off your asses and um, I'm going to start up a um, a thread this week on big footy board talk volunteers and I expect pages and pages and pages of volunteers so that we can fill up the roster for the next, you know, well, for the rest of the season, hopefully, but certainly for the next few weeks. Or even some suggestions of people who they'd like to hear from. Yeah, maybe we should do a poll. A bit of goading, perhaps. You're a goader, Waffle. I'm good at goading. A massive goader. I've seen you go goad. away. I like goading. Uh, like bacon eight, maybe. Yeah, bake, get bacon eight on. There's a, there's a number of a number of um, you know quite articulate posters that have opposing views that I wouldn't mind seeing on here. In fact, I reckon uh, Carl would be a good one to have on as well. How about Smoothie? A Smoothie would be good. Froggy? Macca? Yes, we need to have... Uh, I need to have a chat with Macca. Stiffy18? All the old guys. The yes, old school. some of the old school. Yes, there'll be some stories to tell there. Anyway, you slackers, look out for the thread because it's going to be popping up over the next couple of days and um, it'll be good to get a few people on board because it is fun to put voices to names and to uh, you know hear what people have got to say when they're not hiding behind their monitors. So uh, don't be shy. And on that note, I reckon we've just about had enough. What do you reckon? I'd say so. All right, bugger off. Thanks, guys, for um, uh, it's been a it's been a good night tonight. So thanks, uh, Danos and Nikki and Waffle. Thanks, Phoenix. Thanks, Phoenix. Thanks, Phoenix. Thanks, Phoenix. You've been listening to Crowcast, brought to you by Casmar Event Technology for all your live production and studio recording needs. See you at the footy.